introducing low titer O whole blood or LTOWB into blood bank inventory can introduce challenges, including the logistics of maintaining and optimizing inventory and fulfilling regulatory requirements. That said, LTOWB can serve to improve massive transfusion workflow and potentially improve patient outcomes in patients undergoing massive transfusion, explained Drs. Julie Katz-Karp and Julie Cruz in this CAPCAST. Drs. Karp and Cruz are teaching a course on LTOWB at CAP21, which will be held September 25th through the 28th. Dr. Cruz, let's start with you. Can you talk a bit about the historical perspective of the use of low titer O whole blood transfusion? Sure. Blood transfusion really began with whole blood. Component use, by contrast, was enabled in the mid-20th century and accelerated by the last quarter. It was driven by stewardship of the supply. The one donation can save three lives. And, and then tailored to the transfusion needs of the specific cell line and needed repletion. Why give whole blood when a patient only needed platelets? As such, whole blood was largely abandoned and components came into vogue. Whole blood then came back into use largely in theater by the military in the last 10 to 15 years. That experience in Iraq and in Afghanistan led to a resurgence of interest in whole blood for trauma resuscitation in the civilian settings, with an increasing adoption in the last really five to 10 years. Since whole blood must be tie-specific, low-titer whole blood was developed to en enable a universal product. And Dr. Karp, what are some of the unique characteristics of LTOWB as compared to conventional component resuscitation therapy in severe trauma? Sure. Um, there are some unique characteristics, uh, both on the donor side and the recipient side. Obviously, there are limitations on which donors can donate LTOWB, uh, namely they have to be type O. There are also requirements as far as HLA antibody testing, as well as, of course, actually titering the product itself. On the recipient side, there are usually defined limits on the number of units of LTOWB that a patient can receive. Availability of low titer O whole blood can also be a unique issue because not all blood suppliers have it, and some blood suppliers who do have it don't have an infinite supply of it. That's compared to, say, relatively easy availability of type O packed cells as opposed to whole blood. So there are some unique aspects to uh, LTOWB. Dr. Cruz, will this CAP21 course review impact of LTOWB on the coagulopathy of trauma? We sure will. We'll talk about coagulopathy and trauma and the lethal triad of trauma and also trauma-induced coagulopathy and how fluid and blood product resuscitation choices can influence that. We'll also highlight the concept of balanced trauma resuscitation. Whole blood has biologic advantages, including higher hematocrit, greater platelet count, factor concentrates, and less anticoagulant compared to an equivalent volume of reconstituted whole blood. So we'll also talk about how those platelets that have been stored in the cold contribute to hemostasis. Spoiler, they work just fine in the setting of acute bleeding. Now, Dr. Karp, the logistics of manufacturing and optimizing the use of LTOWB from blood center can be a bit daunting. Can you give some thoughts on what hospitals or trauma centers need to consider as they increase use of low titer O whole blood? 
Sure. I think the logistics are honestly probably the most difficult part of implementing low titer OHO blood. The first challenge is just identifying a reliable supplier of low titer OHO blood. Is it your hospital-based donor center? Is it uh, your blood supplier? Is it a combination of suppliers? Uh, it can be challenging to make sure that you have the low titer OHO blood that you need for your patients. Once a supply of low titer OHO blood is established, you really have to partner with your trauma colleagues to determine policies and procedures for using low titer OHO blood appropriately and in ways that will minimize wastage. That is probably another key factor, always having those open lines of communication with your colleagues. And then just as uh, you know, another added bonus, you should always be considering cost because low titer OHO blood is a product that represents an investment of financial resources, probably above and beyond what normal blood inventory requires. Finally, I'd like to hear from both of you about what you hope participants will take away from the CAP21 course. Dr. Karp, can we start with you? Implementing low titer OHO blood in your blood bank can be a challenge. It can be a little intimidating, but it is one that can bring improved trauma resuscitation and possibly improved patient outcomes. So it's something that if you aren't doing it already, you should probably consider. And Dr. Cruz? Low titer OHO blood is here to stay. So I think we hope people will come in and uh, learn about it and consider adding it to their inventory for their treatment of their trauma patients. Well, thank you both for discussing this topic. As mentioned at the beginning of this interview, Drs. Julie Katz-Karp and Julie Cruz will be teaching a course on this topic at CAP21. The course is entitled Back to the Future, Low Titer O Whole Blood and Trauma. CAP21 will be held September 25th to the 28th. For more information, please visit capannualmeeting.org. Thank you for listening to this CAPcast. Be sure to listen to our other CapCasts from the CAP on our SoundCloud channel by downloading the SoundCloud app on your mobile device. And we're also on Apple Podcasts and the Stitcher app. To find this podcast, search for the word CapCast on these apps. Once you find our podcast, be sure to click the subscribe button so you don't miss new CapCast episodes.